Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Hello. I have three questions for you. When you're talking NBA with your white co-workers, do you say that Dallas Mavericks point guard Luka Doncic is the best player in the NBA to position yourself as non-threatening in the office? And when black people think that you talk like a white person, do you reply, hey, hey, you would too if you graduated from an HBCU. Are you Rachel Dozer? If you do or are any one of these three, then you are suffering from the contribution of white privilege. Hi, my name is Nasur Nuru, and if you are looking to go from Wayne Newton to Wayne Brady, please give us a call at 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMS. That's 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMS. Give us a call now before you turn into TV. Everybody on a Martin, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird 40 on the Yeah, I'm acting dirty if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that it takes to make a black a nation. Hold on. Did black American men fail Breonna Taylor? Unfortunately, um, I have to say that black men have failed Breonna Taylor. Um, and I'm going to say it started with uh, Breonna Taylor's father. Uh, I've been trying to research and find information on who Breonna Taylor's father was because he's not showing up in any of the, the rallies. He's not at any of the documentaries, any of the articles that you read. They always speak you know, of her mother. Now, I, I wasn't even able to confirm whether he's dead or alive, but the only excuse for that man not to be in public you know, raising hell for what happened to his daughter is he needs to be dead. Yeah, so is it just the father? Like, who else? I heard that you had a list about all the black men that fell Breonna Taylor. So I have a list of black men who fell Breonna Taylor, and therefore we all failed it. True. Um, so Jamarcus Glover. Jamarcus Glover is uh, Breonna's ex-boyfriend, um, who is the reason behind the warrant that was issued to her house. He was in the streets. Right. They, they were keeping in contact, even though she was dating a new gentleman, they were keeping in contact. You know, he would visit her house from time to time. They would talk on the phone from time to time. She would accept jail calls from him. And they tried to uh, make a connection that she was a part of his his drug enterprise. Quick question about that. Just have a quick question about that. So you as a, you know, relationshipologist and whatnot, quick question. So she has a new man and in the documentary, she's over here talking to the new man about having baby, having his baby, things of that nature, which is all good. I'm not even, you know, it is what it is. That's just normal talk. In your opinion, how is the ex-boyfriend not only able to still stash money in her mailbox, but where they still keep tabs with each other in some type of way. Like, wh 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 you, what type of relationship you think they have? Or had, right. rather? So, let's clarify, right? Mm -hmm. the, the stash of money in the mailbox and the packages that he was having com coming from the house is what the police said allegedly happened in order to get the search warrant. Right. 
Anna's family is denying that she had any involvement with him in that way where, you know, he would, you know, hold, she would hold money or drugs for him. Like she was adamant about him not having that stuff around her. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and the phone call that they played on the documentary, you can tell where she's like a little distressed. Like she's having a conversation with him, but she's really not wanting to talk to him or, you know, be in that presence. So what, I, what, is, what, what, what it says to me is the classic love story. He has some relationship in the past. You know what I'm saying? He was in the street. She wasn't. She decided, like, I don't want to be a part of that lifestyle. They didn't. The relationship didn't work. But like in the hood, we'd be having this misplaced loyalty. Women have this misplaced loyalty to men. And she feels like she has to be a friend to him in some sort of way because he was like a love of hers. And she keeps the contact for that reason only. But it's reluctant. She was very reluctant when she was talking to him. She was saying like, yo, you really stressed me out. I'm really, you know, I'd be worried about you. Your lifestyle is kind of crazy. And like I said, it's just some misplaced loyalty that a lot of black women have to black men, especially when they be in the streets. Mm. Who else is on this list of, of who failed Brianna Taylor? All right. So the third person, this one might be a little controversial. Okay. I feel like Kenneth Walker, her current boyfriend, failed Brianna Taylor. The reason why I feel like he failed Brianna Taylor, because as he tells the story, they were in bed. There's a loud knock at the door. You know, he gets his gun. But Brianna goes to the door. Now, quick question on that. I don't mean to cut you off. Is this guy in the streets too, the new boyfriend? No, he's a law-abiding citizen. His gun was legally owned. And, you know, he's a, he's a straight up and down dude. Okay, and this is Brianna Taylor's home, right? Not his home. This is Brianna's home, correct. Why does he have a gun at her home? Anyway, but go ahead, keep going, keep going. Let's talk about it, go ahead. All right, so he, he has his gun. It's legally registered to him. Right, that's cool. That shit is normal. But when at 12 in the morning, if I'm in, at my woman's house or she's at my house and there's a loud bang on the door. I'm grabbing my gun too. I'm grabbing my gun. I'm not letting her go to the door. Of course There's not. No reason for her to go to the door to answer that. That's my situation. You stay here. Let me go see what's going on. And then I go to the door and try and assess the situation. Or I go through the house and try and assess the situation. This happened to me in my real life. You know what I'm saying? Where right. we heard a noise. I'm, you know, my daughter's mother. And it's in late at night. We hear some noise that sounds like it's too close to the house. I grab the gun. You stay here. I go downstairs, check the house, make sure everything's safe. And then boom, we good. You know what I'm saying? There was no reason for her to be answering that door or, or in that hallway. She should have stayed put until he assessed the situation and, and, and let things transpire how they would. I dig that. We have any more? Any more on the list? Uh, the fourth person that fell, fourth black man that fell, Brianna Taylor, was Daniel Cameron. Mm. Daniel Cameron is the attorney general of uh, Kentucky uh, who was tasked with bringing the uh, grand jury together and all the evidence that they needed in order to uh, bring the case. Right. Right. So the way that the case ended up happening, what they're essentially saying is, is that all of the shots that hit Breonna Taylor were justified. What? 
within the legal ramifications of the law because they were executing a search warrant. They right. had a they had a legitimate search warrant for the house, right? So they kick in the door. The boyfriend shoots first. As soon as they kick in the door, he fires. That's his warning shot. It, it just so happens to hit the cop in the leg because as soon as he kicked in the door, he let the shot off, hit him in the leg. The other cops start to shoot into the house. Brianna's in that line of fire. She gets hit. She dies probably instantly. The boyfriend was able to find cover and until the situation died down, right? Oh, my God. So what they're saying is, is because the cops were in the commission of illegal, executing a legal search warrant, that, and that initial shot happened, and they shot back, all of that is null and void. The only reason why the other cop is charged because he went all willy-nilly, and he was outside shooting into the house from, like, a, the patio, like somewhere just randomly shooting into the house, not caring who he was shooting at. The other cops actually shot directly at a target to hit it. And they did what they were supposed, not what they were supposed to do, but they did what they were quote unquote trained to do. Right. Their job. Actually, I got you. I got you on that. That's funny how they did the whole, uh, it was a no-knock warrant. They could just run in, and then they changed it to a knock warrant. But, I mean, I didn't know a knock means you can just basically, you know, get the ba- the battering ram and just say, screw it, let's do it. I-, I didn't know it was like that. That's crazy. You can do that, but you definitely have to identify yourself as police because cause Kentucky's a stand-your-ground state. Yeah. So at any point you bust into somebody's house and not identify yourself, they have every right to kill you. That's why old boy didn't get, uh, he wound up getting released. Exactly. So he's not charged because he did what he was supposed to do. But they're also saying that the lawyers did what they were supposed to do. Now, here's the cabin. Here's where Daniel Cameron fell, because the, the, the search warrant is in question. The validity of the search warrant for them to even be at her house is in question. The cops did some questionable things to even get the search warrant, and they probably should have never been at her house. So. If they and they also probably didn't identify themselves as police. So when that search warrant becomes invalid, then that whole action becomes invalid. And there's some sort of negligence on the police's part that resulted in the person's death and they need to be held accountable. And Daniel Cameron should have at least, at the very least, put it in position to where they can go to trial and let a jury decide on whether the cops were negligent and liable for her death and, and let it stand on that. All right. Who else is on this list? Who else is on this list? Let's keep it moving. All right. So the last people are uh, Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley. Okay. So recently Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley decided that they wanted to chime in and say that, you know, because the police were doing their job, it's unfortunate that Brianna got killed, but we have to understand that the police were doing their job. That's bullshit. Tell Shaq and Barkley like, yo, Listen, black people aren't lost on the nuances of things. We understand exactly what the f*** is going on. Black people are full-grown lawyers. We understand exactly what the f*** is going on, but what we don't understand is why this continues to happen and this this law that you all seem to tout never seems to work out in our favor. You understand what I'm saying? Right. You, have, you have grand juries that created indictments for men who spent 40 years in prison. We just talked about this last week where Maya Moore had to get a man out of prison, an innocent man, 
So if the grand jury can find circumstantial evidence enough to send an innocent man to trial and ultimately to jail, right. they can sure find enough evidence to send cops who actually are proven to have shot this woman to go to trial at the very least. So for Shaq and uh, Charles to try and explain what law is and all of that to black people, sometimes in this fight, it's best to just shut the f*** up and let people go through their grieving processes and go through their mourning and go through the things that they need to go through to, to, to process all of this trauma without throwing in your two cents. You're not helping, so just shut up. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pile of right here. Can Kentucky State Representative Attica Scott write a law that will keep her out of jail? She can try, but she won't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because, you know, the the story is essentially uh, Attica Scott was actually in Louisville uh, assisting with the protests. Um, She was out there with... uh, uh, Breonna Taylor's mother, Tamika Wright, and then um, the activist Tamika Mallory uh, creating a protest to um, to show our disdain for the ruling of not charging the officers with Breonna's murder. So what essentially happened is uh, the city of Louisville enacted a curfew. So everybody has to be in a place at nine o'clock. The mayor made a concession to say, okay, y'all can actually go to churches so y'all can still congregate and have y'all meetings, right. but just don't be out on the street. That's so, right. Uh, Rep. Uh, Scott was actually across the street from the church at 8.58. And before she could cross the street, she says that a group of officers came and they surrounded her and her daughter and kind of barricaded the men so that they could not walk across the street in the two minutes that they needed to to make curfew Uh. and they arrested them and then they uh, charged them with attempted arson of a library. You know what's funny? The funny thing about that is you can't tell me that these cops did not know who this woman was. Right. They knew exactly who she was. Exactly. Exactly, and they and they did target it because it's eight fifty eight. I mean, I don't care if it was nine oh two. If you're a police officer and you see, I don't care if it was you know Representative Attica or it was just a normal Attica. Hey, is everything okay? Because you know it's the curfew. Oh yeah, we just go across street to the church. Let me escort you over there. Exactly. What the f- is the issue? Yes. Yeah, man. But anyway, this is the sh- that we'll be talking with police talk about some, oh, we here to serve you. And this is things like this where community policing is like you're looking to catch us out of bounds. You know what I'm saying? And, exactly. and I feel like when people stick to the law to the T, it's because they don't want to budge. They don't want to give you the rights of leeway as a human being. We all, you know what I'm saying, could, could see some sh- like, oh, they just across the street. Maybe they was coming from somewhere. Give them a grace period or something. Let them get across the street. You know what I'm saying? That sister going to wind up being a senator. She going to wind up being a senator the same way. Uh, is it J- Emmanuel Lewis? Not Emmanuel Lewis. It's John Lewis, right? The one that passed away. She's our, She's a state. I mean, rep, Elijah though. Cummings. I meant to say, huh? She's a state rep. You think you, she's going to be a U.S. senator? You mean? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, she could be working in Congress. Okay, I got you. That's okay. what I'm saying, man. Like, I mean, a, a story like that. Yeah. That's well, something that she can hang her hat on and, and, and you know, get hella votes. 
But here's the here's the thing, mm-hmm. you know, what she's doing right now is she's actually, you know, working on legislation, statewide legislation. Okay. You know, how it's called Brianna's Law, where they're going to require that these police have body cams. And if you watched about documentary, the narcotics police declined to wear body cams. So that's why there's no video footage of what actually transpired. Right. I mean, Kentucky is a whole nother type of place, man. That's that's still, you know, not to be funny. I I hope people from Kentucky are not mad when I say this, but that is Ku Klux country. Okay, like, let's just keep that real. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the most caring of them all? That that right there, the one that is a police officer. You know what? The Karen that was at the apartment building telling the black dude, you don't live here. Let me see your ID. You know, whatever. That's that's normal. Whatever. The the, the white lady, the Karen that that told the the black dude that was what was he doing? Was he doing bird watching in Central Park? What was he doing? Bird watching. <laughs> that's how you know. That's how you know white people. Black people, we do it all just like you because I never even known black people do bird watching, okay? So, <laughs> that's new. But that was fine, all right? White woman told two black dudes at a Chipotle, get out of our store unless you're buying something. You know, whatever. Like, that's normal Monday through Friday racism. When you have a police officer who is a, was she a police chief, a commissioner, or was she a sergeant? Right. She was one of those three. Okay, this is to put out an email telling the police staff that Black Lives Matter will be washing our cars. Antifa will be washing our cars. That's who they are. Crazy. That's why. First of all, what state is this sister in that did this? In Kentucky, right? In Kentucky. Right, in the heart of it. This is Ku Klux country, as I just said in the last segment. You know what I'm saying? This is Ku Klux country. Yo, for the life of me, and, and, and my whole thing, like, we, the, the Karen conversation, because we already found out what my answer is, but I'm really, really in, oh, oh man, this is about to be controversial, man, because I have, like, I'm, white women are cool to me, but I really don't understand how do black men just move our sister to the side? I'm not trying to get on some like, yo, black women first. This, this is not what this is about. Because I don't have an issue with black women dating white men. That's up to a woman to do that. But my point I'm making is, how in God's name do we have white women that are saying, hey, you know what? I love black men. Why are they not at the forefront when this sister is doing... Like, when you have a Karen that acts like this, where are our Rachel Dozers that's like, hey, yo, slow that roll. We ain't need... What the fuck is you... Are you serious? You need to go date LeBron before you start talking that bullshit. I don't understand white women that dislike black people. I really don't be understanding where they come from. Not after I watched the NBA game where... All of their wives are white, holding babies and shit. like I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Mm. Like we are manufacturing light skinned men as we speak. No disrespect, Hanif. I love it. I have no problem with light skinned men. I'm just saying <laughs> we are manufacturing them straight off the fact that you know, saying white women are willing to have our children. So uh, you know, Hanif, I throw it to you. 
Who's the most caring of them all? And on top of that, why are why is white women that are dating black men, why are they not at the forefront of this war or this battle and letting white women know, like, listen, yo, once you go black, you you know what the rest is. What's what's the issue? Um, yeah, I mean, because uh, even even black, even white women who date black men don't necessarily love black men in that context when it comes to race and our value. Are you telling me they love them because they shut up and dribble? They like, they like, they like the attention. They like the fact that black men and the the type of black men who like black women revere them in a way where it's like, Oh, I'm on a pedestal. You know what I'm saying? This Mm. man sees me as something that's uh, an attainment. And he's going to act accordingly. So that that's more so what that is. It's nothing to do with you understanding the plight of what of what it means to be a black man in America. Mm, mm. Have Have you met a real life Karen in your experiences in your life? Um, I've met plenty, plenty of Karens. You know what I'm saying? Um, and again, it's like, yo, listen, I've worked with women who it's like, yo, we can have a normal, nice um cordial working relationship and you know what i'm saying we talk and we laugh and we joke and all of these different things but then you notice when it comes to the politics of the day they choose sides like i have i have white women friends that i worked with uh in the past that were very cool with me but they stream at all lives matter right now you know that's crazy how how are they cool with you then they scream all lives matter where like there's a disconnect that's not being, you know, acknowledged at all. Why is that? Like, where, where is that coming from? Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like, there are some white women, you know, who I am friends with who are like, yes, I, I, I understand, you know, uh, I see you for who you are and, and all of that stuff. But I'm just saying there are, there's another section of them who's like, their loyalty is to, to their men or to their, you know, sons or their people. And, and the problem that we have in this country, in this world right now, is everybody's in the tribe. Everybody's picking sides as to, you know what I'm saying, who matters more. So you feel like me saying Black Lives Matter is a, an attack to your whiteness. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that crazy? Like, but, but you know what? I'm going to say this, and we can let this go, because it's a two-side street with Black Lives Matter. When I say Black Lives Matter, I say it for George Floyd, for Breonna for Mike Brown, for Trayvon, for myself, for you, my mother, my 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 ex-girlfriend, my new girlfriend, if I ever have one. Mm-hmm. That's what, I, you know, when I say Black Lives Matter, I say it because of what I see on CNN, what I see on Fox News, what I see on C-SPAN, MSNBC. When I see someone doing MMA moves on George Floyd's neck, doing MMA moves on... Eric Gardner's, you know, on Eric Gardner's neck. You know what I mean? Like, this was a whole big dude. They straight did a, a, a rear neck. I think they call it a rear neck. I've got it. <laughs> it's a wrestling move. Like, I basically did a chokehold on my man. You know, the, the most audacious part of this story was that the, the police major, uh, Hallahan, actually talked to reporters and said, hey, yeah, I said it. I retire in six days. I mean, you know what? You know what? And I'll be honest with you. I, that's not even the shit that I'm mad at because I already know what that meant. That was, mind you, she's in her early 40s. So 
this is what the police force did. They said, you know what? We're going to fire you. We, we, can't, we, we can't have you here doing this. Right. But because you're about to retire anyway, quote unquote, well, you was about to do something. We're going to just say you retired, okay? We'll give you a little undisclosed pension. Yeah, Maybe so. you could work in another town. as, a, And that's another thing that these cops do anyway. They just work in another town. Yeah. Like, for all we know, the four cops that got off for killing Sean Bell, they probably work in Arizona somewhere. Right. Right. You know, they just doing cop replacement. I mean, uh, what do you, wait, what do they call that? Witness protection? They probably doing, you know what I'm saying, law enforcement protection. Yeah. You know, the FOP got so much money. I mean, the FOP got billions of dollars in America. I mean, it's nothing to send one of your officers that killed somebody for no reason across country somewhere else and let them still be a cop. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. Do you prefer your condoms brand new or gently used? What, what the f*** is... Oh, the f*** is that? First of all, I don't prefer them at all, but, you know, let's just keep that real. You prefer condoms? Be honest. Listen, my advice to people, and, and I want y'all to pay attention to what I'm about to say. I believe in the rhythm method, but keep this, going. This is better than any BET wrap it up commercial that you've ever seen in your life. My advice to the world is do not, I repeat, do not use condoms with people that you intend to have sex with. Did not use condoms. Like if you have to, if you feel like you have, if you feel like you have to use a condom, then you should not be having sex with that person. Yo, you know what's funny? I had an escort over here two weeks ago that was like, yo, now mind you, she wanted $200. I'm drunk out my mind. I almost said yes. She came to the house and she put the, con she was like, yo, I'm about to put this condom on. I immediately took my money and was like, yo, you gotta go. Uh. She was like, what? I was like, yo, this is, uh, nah, I ain't trying to, uh, this is gonna sound ugly, but oh baby, I like it raw. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to pay 200 We gonna have to both We gonna have to both take a risk What the fuck are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> But um, In this case I like the fact that this company That just got caught in It's Japan right or no it's Vietnam yeah. Vietnam So I like the fact That the person that ran This used rubber Company was a 37-year-old woman. Yeah. That should tell you everything right there. This sister, who is in her sexual peak, does not use condoms. At all. At all. At all. At all. I wonder if she's one of those Vietnamese women that can give you a nice massage, a nice uh, deep tissue massage, and then a nice hand job after the 60 minutes. That'd be great. Because you know she ain't using a rubber. Um, no, nah, I think that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I get the business aspect of it. Like, she actually went out and saw an opportunity to say, hey, listen, nobody will ever know. If we repackage this and we clean them good, it's latex. You know what I'm saying? We can sterilize them and then people can reuse them. Damn, like, how do you re-sterilize a condom? Like, do you boil it? Like, do you put it in, like, boiling water? Like, how does that go? How does that even go? They probably put it in some sort of solution that, you know, kills bacteria. Yeah. But then 
had to dry them out because I'm sure they had to like shrink them back to where they, they get their elasticity back. Cause imagine you fucking try to you get a condom <laughs> and stretched mm-hmm, mm-hmm. out and you can't yeah yeah nah okay so let's just play a quick game we got we got two minutes and thirty seconds left on this topic even though I think I want to just wrap it up but I just want to play a game I'll say a name then you say a name I'll say a name that you say a name we're gonna say the names of people we do not want their condoms okay. I'll start first. Usher, go. The ballot or the booty? This sounds about right. Strippers getting out for the vote campaign? Strippers getting out the vote? Getting, get out the vote campaign? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they, you know what I'm saying. Um, yo, you know, the funny thing about this was, um... I actually was intrigued by the commentary just as much as I was with the the, the shaking. You know what I'm saying? Like they were making their point very clearly about why it's important for us to get out to vote. And I feel like if I could go to that poll and put in my vote and get some shake in my face, like I won. That's That's what democracy is. That's what what Thomas Jefferson meant when he said we are endowed certain unalienable rights to pursue uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know what I'm saying? And black women. That's what he said. Don't forget that. (laughs) Thomas Jefferson. This guy. Hey, yo, not you. Talk about Thomas Jefferson. That guy. Not you. You're good. You're good. (laughs) Hey, yo, so. All right. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't. I hate to be approved, but I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want my strippers. Listen, no disrespect. This is not a moral thing. It's not a. It's, I'm not here to say women like yo. You know, I need you to be in a blouse and a pencil skirt to talk about voting. I'm not even gonna go there, but. I want something out of this. If women are going to entice me to vote by showing me their plastic butt, I feel as though I should get to touch it or something after I'm done voting. Like, hey, I voted. I want a lap dance. Hey, I voted. I want a hand job. I voted. Give me a short stay. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. Is Trump's platinum plan pro-black or pro-pandering? I mean, that's that's obvious. Um, I, I want to say it, I'm definitely thinking that he's leaning on the pandering side. Because um, as I was looking at it, there's a few things uh, that, that was like, okay, what are you talking about? Right? Yeah. Pros- prosecuting the KKK and Antifa. Uh, is symbolic. It's not really important. It's not mm-hmm. something, you know, you're like, all right, whatever. It's, it's really symbolic. Um, Juneteenth as a federal holiday, you know, if he was serious about that, he would have already done it. You know, he's just throwing it out there as a carrot. Um, and then you have uh, the language of saying he's going to implement the highest standards of policing Yes, law and order. You know what he likes. You know what he. You know what he watches. 
Yeah, so that that to me tells me that you're gonna, you know, occupy the hood, and it's going to be more police, which entails more police shootings and all of that extra. Uh, you know, the things that that I thought were okay, that were good. Well, another thing was the um, the anti lynching bill. Uh, so. Kamala Harris actually already championed that, passed it in the Senate for whatever reason. The well, House. well, let's 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 be specific. Not only her, but our our token Black Republican brother Tim Scott also was with that. Right. So Tim Scott, Kamala Harris, uh, Cory Booker, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. other um, senators championed it. It got it passed in the um, Senate, but it did not pass the House, so it did not actually go into law. But if this was, again, something that Trump was serious about, he could have, you know, took that as an opportunity to put aside the partisan politics and come up with some bipartisan legislation that he was like, yo, let's let's get this done. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's, that's another thing that I feel is more symbolic. What I do, what, what stood out to me was the National Clemency Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he talks about, you know, basically coming up with a plan to um, pardon uh, offenders who are, you know, having good behavior and take a real serious look at, you know, the prison industrial complex and and criminal justice reform. And then um, expanding school choice. um, I feel like, you know, if the public school systems are failing in the hood, you know, and again, that's another systemic institution that that's causing that. But if you can create an opportunity for kids to go to other schools that will better serve them, I'm, I'm I don't know how you can turn your nose up at that. Yo, man, I don't understand why we don't understand. I keep saying this forever about Donald J. Trump. This mother is a sales. That's what he does. He's a salesman. Salesmen only benefit from a majority of people that are lining their pockets, lining his pockets, I meant to say, okay? There is a white base. Let's just keep it real. There is a large white base that does not like these social justice enactments that have been occurring these last six, seven, eight years, okay? There are people that do not understand, just like the Karen, that's the police officer, or the Karen from the apartment building, or the Karen that caught the black dude bird watching. There are people that have, that just dislike black people, not because they dislike black people, they just dislike the fact that they have to share this with us and share this piece of Americana. And whether Donald J. Trump agrees with it or disagrees with it, he is definitely hitting the notes that is making that fan base sing like a mother canary, okay? And the thing is this, that I find so funny is that black people still are wound up in Donald's antics we we cannot be wound up in his antics see me i just laugh at it i find a mother completely hilarious a hilarious mother that i'm not voting for by the way but the thing is what his job is to do is to get as many votes as he possibly can it's too many white people in this country for him not to play racist with you mm-hmm. and then when he goes and tell black people what the hell do you have to lose or or, you know, 
basically diss Biden and be like, you know, blacks ain't blacks haven't got anything from Democrats. Reverend Al Sharpton has a book out right now, and he had he was in a, he did an interview on a MSNBC, and he had a quote where he said, "Being with Democrats is definitely being in a." being in an abusive relationship. But mm. to be with Republicans is like dealing with a pimp. Now, understand something for a second. Both technically is abusive. If you already in an abusive relationship, that's not good. And a pimp is going to smack you if you don't bring back that money. Right. So here is Trump telling you black people that based on his campaign, you are technically second class citizens that can do whatever you want, but you're still second class. So I don't read W.E.B. Du Bois. I read Booker T. Washington and Booker T. Washington said all you are second class citizens. But I'm going to give you whatever it is I think you want. Like, oh, you want Juneteenth as a holiday? Like, yo, ask Nassau, do I want Juneteenth as a holiday? No. I don't want Juneteenth as a holiday. I've been doing just fine without Juneteenth as a holiday. I've been doing fine without this bum ass Black History Month for 100 years. But you know what? They do that to pander to us. But you know what? We don't sit there and, 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 and be honest about that. That's my issue with the black people. Like, when are you going to sit here and just smack Donald Trump in his face for just pandering to you? When are you going to smack Joe Biden in his face for pandering to you? Look Who's Talking To is a movie that thinks it's okay to be in a dysfunctional relationship? Huh? Look Who's Talking To. Break it down. Yeah, Look Who's Talking To. Break it down. You've watched Look Who's Talking Before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's with uh, Ted Danson, right? Down Travolta. Oh, same white person. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so I've been doing this thing where i kind of been watching shows that I liked in my childhood uh, and then trying to get a, watch them as an adult to ruin them. Yeah. Um, so this yesterday, I just so happened to be watching Look Who's Talking. Um so look who's talking. Um, actually, look who's talking too was the second installment to the Look Who's Talking series, uh, starring John Travolta, Kirstie Alley, Bruce Willis, Roseanne Barr, Damon Wayans, and they had my man Gilbert Godfrey in there as well. Ah, the prop comedy king. Keep going though. Um. So look who's talking. The title is actually a double entendre. So the literal being, look who's talking, and the babies actually have adult voices um, talking for them and how they observe the physical world. Right. Figurative is the parents, right? So it's like, look who's talking. Like, you're standing from a place of judgment, but look who's talking, right? Yep. Um, So my seven-year-old self thought it was hilarious hearing Bruce Willis and Roseanne Barr going back and forth using adult-level sarcasm as babies. My 37-year-old self was triggered by the dysfunction that Kirstie Alley and John Travolta display as two adults in their late 20s, early 30s, as they tried to figure out parenting. 
Um, so basically the show is about Molly. Uh, she was uh, sleeping with a married man at work. She gets pregnant. He wants nothing to do with the baby. Uh, she meets John Travolta in the cab as he's taking her to deliver the baby. They hit it off, have a romantic relationship. And, <laughs> and listen, in part two, <laughs> they're together now. John Travolta and uh, Kirstie Alley. So Kirstie Alley is an accountant. So she's doing well for herself. John Travolta was a cab driver. I mean, now. how well is she doing? You know what? I take that back. She's doing so well. She's married men raw and getting pregnant by him. So she is definitely doing well. Keep going. But hence, hence the look who's talking, right? Mm-hmm. So John Travolta is on a come up. So he's uh, studying to be a pilot. He, you know, gets his pilot's license. He's actually starting to do his training hours, but she's still the breadwinner. So that's where it starts, where they start beefing, where she's making more money and he feels like she's making decisions based on the fact that she's earning more money than him and he doesn't have a say. Mm-hmm. So she essentially, after they have the second child, you know, they start struggling a little bit and she lets her brother come stay with them. Now her brother doesn't have a job. He on some like, he going out on dates. He got a gun in the crib. Now, this is the part where I'm 37 and I'm looking like, yo, this is crazy. He got a whole gun that he pulled out on John Travolta a couple of times. Like, because he was asleep and John Travolta walked in the room and he jumped up all scared. Now, obviously, they put that in there for comic relief. But when you think about it, like, that's that's kind of crazy, right? And then, you know, he was eating up all the food in the house. He, um, you know, drinking the last juice, even wearing John Travolta's clothes. (laughs) and then she was giving him money. So he telling her, he like, yo, listen, your brother got to go. Right. You know what I mean? I'm sick of this shit. You know what I'm saying? We got our own problems. He ain't about shit. We got to get out of here. So he like, you got to choose either him or me. So this is the conversation. So she's like, he's like, um, I, she like, I can't choose my family over you or you can't make me make that choice. So he's like, well, I'm asking you to. And then he was like, plus I pay half the rent in the house. So I have a say. And mm. she's like, well, I pay the utilities. Mm. So you can get mm. the f- out. She put them out. Mm-hmm. Yes, she <laughs> you did. You know what I'm saying? Yes, she and did. Like, so when I'm, and, and then, you know, and, and look, these are two uh, working class. Well, you know, she's a little bit above working class. Look, no, come on, working- come on. They were working class. Let's be cool. They working class. Okay. So working class, um, you know, but he's busting moves. Like, he's so broke. He taking his kids to the movies. He faking like they left the the shoe in the movie theater so he could sneak in. <laughs> yeah, he doing life hacks. He doing hella life hacks right now. Yeah, you right. So this is the life that they're living. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then you know when they sort of trying to figure it out. These motherfuckers, She when she didn't want him to fly in bad weather, she left her kids with this dysfunctional brother. And the kids kind of escaped out of the house and this whole adventure. But it it was dysfunctional as And and the epiphany that I got, though, my 37-year-old self was like, yo, it's okay to be dysfunctional in your 20s. No, it's not. In your early 30s. It is. Like, it's very Like, as a couple or as you by yourself? 
Because it's, it's, it's good to be dysfunctional by yourself because you can you can fix your dysfunctional without someone pointing that out and then making a determination on how they how they're dealings with you. But that's the point I'm trying to make, because what, what I'm saying to you is that, you know, everybody uh, what people look at is the end result. Right. But as you're going through, there's a lot of toxicity and a lot of dysfunction that people hold against you, mm-hmm. but don't, they shouldn't necessarily hold that against you because we're going to figure it out ultimately at some point. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. You know what? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. See, and I'm with, I am, I'm not with you. F- it. I was about to say I'm with you. I'm not with you. I understand you. I'm not with you because let me tell you something. Dysfunctional people if you point out where they're dysfunctional at, nine times out of 10, they're going to come at you crazy. A lot of people do not like when you tell them the truth about themselves. Mm-hmm. That's a normal thing. Um, it's something that I feel like people need therapy with when, when that happens, you know, but it is what it is with that. People do not like when you talk about them, especially when you hit them with facts on their dysfunctional shit. So what I see with these two people, I don't look at them as being dysfunctional. I think that obviously Christy Alley, the, the, character that, the character that she was playing, you know, she is a well-off woman. Like she's, hey, I am, I have a career. Mm-hmm. I am pretty. You know, I can, you know, the world is my oyster. And here's John Travolta who is like, okay, I'm handsome. And I may not be the pilot that I'm supposed to be yet, but trust me, as soon as I walk out this house and I go to a bar, a couple of chicks hollering at me. Mm-hmm. So here's where everything gets slighted. And this is why, you know, it's hard for me to be in a relationship right now because now they made their distinction of each other, like their importance of, of, of themselves based on their money. Right. You're in a relationship. Like y'all supposed to be sharing money. You have two kids. You're already supposed to have this down pat. The fact that she brung a brother there to the house lets me know that. See, that's a symbol. That's not. See, that's letting John Travolta know that there could be another man in this house. Mm. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. Let me part your seat, Exodius. Get a hold of this, cuz we warriors. Exodia, who got that magnolia? We can kick back like no shows. They was ever live like no shows. Girl, get a young guy with a old soul. Man, I shine like bros gold with a V8 engine. Bro ripping, robbing givens, got me tripping. Boomerang, she caught me slipping. Right back around, I came, I found my lane. You girl, so what you wanna do, girl? Oh, you got your nails and hair did? Well, I unscrew curls. Oh, please, Lord, help this child. Bet you ain't seen a belt in a while. No, you the ice I ain't melt in a while. But I bet that I'll. If you let me, bet you won't forget me. If you let me, bet you won't forget me. You should let me anytime you wanna. Shorty, let you just call me Sobiga. You know I don't give a. So what's up? What we gon'? What we gon'? You should let me anytime you wanna. Shorty, let you just call me Sobiga. You know I don't give a. So what's up? What we gon'? 
You should let me, you should let me Anytime you want You should let me, you should let me Anytime you want You should let me, you should let me Anytime you want You should let me, you should let me Anytime you want You my missing linen Found you sitting around Egyptian women, listen to your business. <laughs> we like rich and ignorant, but who doesn't though? They pay the bills and they don't love no hoe, but step strong and ass and he'll get that love no more. That's the beyond the woman did the fair thing and just bug the door, and that's why I love you, girl. You take me for this record love fly, motherfucker from the north side of Nook. At the Brentford game, court side in the Buick. Damn, wow, can we make love last? One night, it's quick. She bless me, cause I'm tight. I don't think you want me, just wanna fuck me I mean you want me to fuck you You the baddest bitch, I think Trina fund you Let's be your item, we worth a couple Don't worry about her, I'll get rid of her tomorrow I ain't mean to fuck the pussy, but she thought I was a star Hey yo, what the f***, this is a pallet right here